as a global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Juicy Podcast. I'm very excited to have Suk Pabel with me this morning. Did I say it right? You did. Yes, thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> and I am so excited to get to speak with a new co-working operator. We don't usually do this. We usually go for people that have been around for a really long time. And I saw you on LinkedIn and I was right. like, well, this is fun. Let's just check this out. So Suk is a senior learning strategist, a learning technologist, an organizational development, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, co-working space operator, and speaker. That's a hell of a lot, my friend. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good list, right? Right. That's not it's bad. It's a great it? list. It's a great list. You know, we used to just have like one word and stuff, and then all of a sudden yeah. it just kind of changed, and everybody could put like, here's Anything, all the everything. things, which is kind yeah. of fun. I like it. So, first and foremost, we've sort of been through a rough phase lately. So, how are you? Oh, uh, yeah. Hi, look, I appreciate you asking. It has been a, a really tough phase. Yeah. And in the UK, in, you know, diff- um, we've, we've experienced our own troubles with how things have been going. Um, we've kind of, I think uh, in the lead up to where we're at today over the last three months, we've had a a much more considered approach to managing where we're at with everything. And personally, I've appreciated that. Like last year when we tried to exit lockdown, it was a mess. It was a hot mess, Liz. Mm. And then we had to re-enter it back at the early beginning of this year. And then they learned and we were told, right, here's a real plan for how we're actually going to do this. And one of the things I've really personally been grateful for, one is the vaccinations uh, and that that program is rolling out. And two is just being going out and being able to do normal people things like go to the restaurant and see my friends and hug them and be in their presence and not have to worry about you know, anything being contagious or anything like that. And that's just been a real way off my mind. So I've, I've been really enjoying just like normal, normal things, <laughs> yeah. like just being, just being with my friends and just like yeah. hanging out and going to the cinema. It's been nice to have that. How are you? Oh, well, you're so sweet. I'm good. Thank you. I'm really good. It was, it was a long haul, but I'm on the other side. And right. so I'm, I'm great. And I am like beyond busy and recently took a trip to New York and I'm headed up to Utah next week. So it's bad. How was it it being back to New York? You know, New York was great. I mean, it was funny because New Yorkers felt hesitant to be excited to see tourists back, but tourists were back. I took an incomplete poll of Uber drivers and taxi drivers and they felt it was like 60 to 70% back. Um, Definitely wearing masks in shops, in taxis, and in Ubers. So it was a little bit different because Texas isn't like that. But okay, right. yeah. So it's it's really good. So you know, it, you've had a background traditionally in training and development, yeah. and I'm so interested in what made you decide to open a co-working spot. <laughs> uh, so over the years, various friends have used co-working spaces, particularly in London, in the city. And you know, I'd, I'd used to go meet them, and you know, I always think. 
And I would and I would always think these are really cool places. Like I really like how these places are set up and they're great to work from. And the vibe is just something like I, I was really drawn to it, right? There's something just really open, transparent. This is just easy. Like I loved all of that, as well as the community side of stuff. So it's always been there in my in my head. And then corporate existence kind of just got in the way, right? I had to, I have a, I had, have had a regular job for <laughs> 18 years of my life, right? So you can't, it's hard to balance. How am I going to do these things at the, in tandem? Last summer, I ended up leaving my full-time role and I gave myself some time and space to really just think through, do I want to go back into another role? Because I totally could, right? I could totally find um, a new senior role, get a really good position with something and like continue to do well in that space. But I also kind of thought, actually... If I'm going to play and if I'm going to have some fun, and now I, I've got the time, I've got this time, and I'm giving myself the p- permission to do this. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it's that's that's where it's, it kind of came from. And then in the summer of last year, I started to look for some commercial property in my local town. And because of a lot of the uncertainty that we were going through with the pandemic and not knowing when we were going to be exiting lockdown, if we were going to re-enter it, I just let myself, I was like, this is not the right time. I can't do this right now. So I just um, continued with some consultancy work. Uh, And then February, March of this year, the UK government released a roadmap of this is what it looks like about how we're going to exit lockdown. And for me, that was personally very helpful because actually that gave me a real timeline to work against. Mm -hmm. So then I went back out and started to look for commercial property, found a nice space and, uh, and took it from there put an offer in. They accepted the lease. They accepted the offer, sorry. Took some time for the lease to get arranged, as these things do. But I was super excited when it ha- when, when they accepted the offer. I was like, oh, this I is going to happen. Oh, it's so fun. What is your co-working space called? It's called the Epping Connection. Oh, what is that So for? shall I explain that? Yeah. yeah. So, right. So London is a famous uh, underground system, the uh, London Underground. Mm-hmm. And one of the, uh, where I live is a town called Epping and it's on one of the end of the lines. So there's kind of a dual meaning thereof. It's got the Epping connection, as in you can get the connection into city if you want to, but also it's a place for connection to take place as well. Oh, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yeah, I love you see it. that? I like yeah, it. Okay, that was thank fancy. You. <laughs> so um, I wanted to tap in a little bit to your knowledge and utilize it for our friends in the co-working world because cool. one yeah, of yeah. the things that I think co-working operators can do a much better job at is providing upskilling that would be valuable to particularly the corporations that are starting to really put people into co-working spaces in a meaningful way. So that being said, like you're a co-working operator, like how do you pick programming slash upskilling that corporations would be excited about us providing? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I feel like I probably can't answer it from an experience point of view because I haven't done that yet, right? Mm-hmm. As in 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 my in the Epping connection, that hasn't happened yet because we've only been opened a week. So I can talk about it though from a learning strategy perspective, right? Yeah. From the from my professional career around what I would do there. And I think what I'm seeing in the space, uh, particularly in the co-working space, um, is that naturally people come together and there's a there's a new. It, it, I think what co-working does is it invites a different way of working and the dynamics of what this is, is different to a normal office environment. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of culture, that, that that means you have to cultivate a different team ethic and a different team ethos. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that's what gets missed, right? Is when you're trying to therefore bring that team back into a normal corporate environment or whatever that needs to be, mm-hmm. is how are you how are you helping people to do that transition stuff of you were in, you were working out of that really cool place, you're now going to come into a different environment. There's a dynamic in that needs to change there, and we need to help you work through that. Yeah. So I think maybe that's one piece, right? And plus, also, you know, co-working spaces are known for being quite innovative and quite tech creative, and the way that they're doing things. Um, there's probably valuable lessons there that can be transferred, right, and mm-hmm. uh, are easily um, understandable to help um, both people working in the space. Is how can you be creative? What could, what does that look like? And if there are already people who are doing creative work, is how can you foster that collaboration so that people can get into the creativity and innovation side of stuff in in a in a different way, so that they're not having to do it by themselves or think that you know if I'm not innovative or creative, then if, therefore I'm not being successful, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, how has the first week been? Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, it's been super exciting. I am literally walking up the stairs into the office every day, just smiling—the biggest smile <laughs> I have I've ever smiled—because I'm just in love with this space, right? I, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's my baby, so I've uh, I've launched this thing. It's been a it's been a quiet week. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. We did have uh, interest regi- from people registering beforehand, and we've had some tours take place. I've had my first booking actually, which is which is incredible. Incredibly exciting. Yeah. Uh, which is so cool. So, you know, that's been great. But uh, I'm, I'm learning in the first few days rapidly that the marketing and advertising side of stuff is hard. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's properly hard to get that right. So I'm, I'm really trying to explore what am I doing there and where can I, where can and should I be making more efforts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing like I would definitely recommend you do that I think we talked about before is call up all your friends and be like, yeah. I need you to come work from here. That's what I did in my coworking yeah. space. And A, it's really fun to have your yeah. friends in your, your new business. They want to support you. And yes. when people come in and see there's already like, vibrancy here they're like oh this is great i want to be part of this (laughs) yeah no and i actually took that um, advice liz and i've done Mm -hmm. i've I've been doing that in this first week so i have invited some friends they've been kind enough to come in and i had someone come in yet two people came in yesterday actually who were friends um actually the previous tenant who owned the space before me i struck up a really nice relationship and rapport with him Mm -hmm. and uh, and he came in this week as well and they're gonna him him and his team are going to continue to work from here a day a week which is nice right because they you know it was their space originally right and so and he's been in and he's like i really like what you've done with the space we could totally work from here that's awesome that's been quite nice yeah right that's 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 nice validation right to to hear that from from someone whose home it was previously well yeah i mean as somebody who also like left the corporate world and opened a co-working space you spend a lot of time going like am i crazy this feels right to me but like it's it you're trying to figure it out and and yeah but it I mean, quite frankly, I miss running a space. Like I love oh, yeah? Do you? Yeah. Well, I don't miss like cleaning toilets and I lost my keys <laughs> and things like that. But yeah, I yeah. miss coming in and hosting the party every day because that's what right. I did. And like it's so much taking care of the people that choose to come into your space. Yeah. And that part was 
fun for me. I love that. I love that. Hey, 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 we have a special offer just for our listeners today. Did you hear the good news? Juicy is back in person this fall in New York City, and you can receive 15% off your discount of a ticket by going to juicy.co and putting in the code GCUCPOD. We'll take 15% off your in-person or online ticket. Head over to juicy.co to take advantage of the savings right now. So can I can I ask you? Yeah. So if you re- if you remember back, Liz. So when you first opened yours, what were, what were some of your early lessons that you learned? Ooh, I think early lessons I learned. One was wow, signage is really expensive in the U.S. I was right. like, I was like, you want what? <laughs> so that was one that I like kind of I didn't have in the budget, but it right, was something okay. I needed to address. I also, you know, I invited a lot of the community in to give their feedback and. And a lot of the feedback was really interesting, but most of it was feedback where they were like, you can't charge for this and that's too expensive. And I stuck with my gut and said, I think you're wrong. And I think this is valuable. And some of those people came back years later and said, I was wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So that was kind of fun. So I think it's just, you know, I think the main thing is to let that intuition guide you, you know, and to to listen to what what you want and what you know to be true to yourself and it'll probably work out. That's great to hear. So thank you. I appreciate (laughs) you sharing. Yeah, you bet. You bet. So, you know, one of the things we've been talking about for years in the co-working industry is how co-working can really help with your mental health just by being around other people. And after coming out of COVID, I feel like it's more important than ever. How How have you seen that exhibited in your space already for you or for some of your new people or have any of your friends mentioned it? Yeah. Um, so we, we've, uh, part of the space that we've got, we've created a purposeful chill out space, which for all intents and purposes is our well-being space, right? Mm-hmm. It's that, it's that area of calm where I want people to look after themselves, right? And it's an explicit part of what I'm putting out there when people are coming in to meet me mm-hmm. and they're doing their tours that this week that we've had. We've been actively talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, come in, use the space as you need, but I want you to be well. Like, I don't want you to feel like you're overworked. And if you haven't got the, you know, we're here to support as well. You know, if you think that you need to check in with someone about how you're doing, like I do a lot of work in the space of positive psychology and resilience and well-being. I run webinars on them. I run work shops on them and you know some of the common things that come out from the sessions I run is is around people not giving themselves permission to take care of themselves that they feel they have have to just keep on the treadmill, right? They have mm-hmm. to keep on doing, they have to keep on going. Even though we've had one of the hardest years of our lives, uh, people just aren't giving themselves that time and permission to say, I can take, I can step off and it's yep. okay to take a break. So certainly with my two new community managers that I've hired, like I am, um, and you know, we've been checking me with each other and they've been coming in and out for the last month now and it's been a regular conversation I'm having with them I'm like look both of you you need to take care of yourselves and I'm going to make sure you're taking care of yourselves like I don't want you to feel that I'm putting you under pressure to have to perform in a certain way and one of them made me laugh uh, she said so if I get an email at 10 o'clock at night what do I do I said you don't answer your email after six o'clock what are you talking about why is it happening at 10 <laughs> o'clock at night she, and she goes seriously like you don't expect me to answer I was like I'm not going to answer why would I expect you to answer like what's happening there yeah you know it's it's so funny because that is something 
I harp on all the time. To me, like email equals unimportant. And I check it a couple of times a day. Sometimes I don't check it at all. If I'm really busy talking to humans, I'm not going to be like, oh, I got to go check my email now. And so, you know, if it's urgent, I figure you're going to text me or call me. Um, And and you teach people, you know, what they can expect. So yeah. if you're like, I I know some people that like take great pride in the fact that they're available 24-7 if they check their email constantly. I don't even have it set up on my phone because my phone's <laughs> for talking to people and getting information. It's not for email. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's like you got to set boundaries um, with technology or technology will take you over. And I think, you know, that's just so important. And I love that you're telling them that because yeah, it's, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Why would you do it? Like I have a friend who I don't work on the weekends and she was working every weekend. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? that? Just stop uh, it. I know. Yeah. And then I hear from other people I know who say, you know, oh yeah, I was on, I was on a break, but um, you know, I spent an hour checking in with my work. Like you, you, well, that's not being on a break then, right? That's right. You're not actually like, yes, it's only an hour and it's not a full day of work. But the lead up to that hour is, right, I've got to get the kit out. I've got to get like logged in, do the thing for an hour. And then you're still thinking about it afterwards. Totally. So it's not like you've like, you know, you can't, people can't compartmentalize as rigorously as they think they can. Right. But I mean, I also, but I also get right. It's, it's personal choice. People think that, you know, I, I can do this and therefore it's okay. And I think what we often just don't realize is it does have that negative impact. If it, if you're not feeling it now, it's probably going to catch up to you later. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like, vacation like you gotta take breaks and yeah. and the thing is is that time away it it's where your brain and your body recovers and disconnects and you come back better if yeah, you disconnect right, right? Yeah. like it makes you a better employee it makes you a better employer but you've gotta right. you gotta do it and yeah 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 so your location is kind of suburban right it's proper suburban yeah so epping is a uh, it's a small town in the mm-hmm. uk it's uh, it's in a park called essex and so you know co-working in the uk has pretty much been a, a city-based affair. In the suburbs, there are some, but mm-hmm. it's not a common activity, right? I, I've, the, the few that I've had, I've been able to find, they are honestly few and far between. So yeah, it kind of, and plus because Epping is a commuter town for the city, mm-hmm. like in the mornings, like during peak hours, uh, the local station is it's a busy station. Like, you know, pre-COVID, it's a busy station. There's literally thousands of people coming in and out of our station to go from. And and people will commute into our town in order to commute out to the city. That's how convenient <laughs> it is. Yeah. Right. So, um, so if so, there is a natural population here who I think will be more attuned to. All oh, right. Yeah. This is actually cool. Like I can literally walk to your space because I'm on the high street as well. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in a good location. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting to see kind of you know who our members turn out to be and why they're coming to choose to use us and. That'll be just that's exciting. So I'm looking yeah. forward to all of those conversations right now. Yeah. And suburban is doing really well right now. There's lots right. of there's even like there's a suburban space in Canada on a wait list. There's a suburban space in Chicago on a wait list. Like right. suburban spaces are filling up before downtowns. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
suburban and rural is very popular because people don't want to travel very far to work. They don't want to do the commute anymore. They figured out it was inefficient and they're just not willing to do it. And every company in the world has had to wake up to the fact that all those security concerns they had and all those HR concerns weren't valid. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And I I think that's going to be such an interesting conversation. I was talking to a a couple of people about that this week. um, And I was saying, you know, I think one of the things that's shifted, which is an unexpected shift, is that the workforce themselves now have a, a different kind of voice from what they used to have. Because now they can genuinely turn around and say to employers, I know you're asking me to come back to the office because you think I'm going to be more productive. But actually, through all that time I was working from home, I helped keep that company alive. And that was not like it was a hard thing, but it happened. And I I want to now determine what my work pattern looks like. And that's a very different conversation. Like we've never totally. had to have that conversation before. Yeah, yeah. No, people are demanding choice. And when companies aren't giving it, they're just walking out, which is also a new thing. Like, I'm like, I don't know who gave these people this power, but I love it. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's just, it's so good to see because I remember like 10 years ago, I remember talking to a head of HR and it was right when millennials were coming in and they... And they had millennials who were saying, show me where I'm going to work. And if they showed them a dingy cubicle, not near any windows, they just right. left. They wouldn't take the job <laughs> because they were like, I'm not going to work there. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love these millennials that are saying, no, this is fantastic. And I love this new generation that's saying, I'm not yeah. going to work like that anymore. I don't have to. And I won't. Yeah. And interestingly, I, I wonder if it is a generational thing anymore, because I think actually anyone who's had to work from home has now had that opportunity to have that realization. That's a really good point. My brother, who's older than myself, works for a very large corporation and they told him he had to come back and he was angry. Oh, right. Real angry. Because he's a hardcore introvert IT guy. He loved working from home and he does not want to go back. And yeah, I I think you're right. I I don't think it's everyone has discovered that freedom of choice and where you work is better and Mm. companies are going to have to adjust or people are just going to simply leave. Yeah, right. It's going to be really interesting. So uh, I've got another question around that I'd love to ask you is like from some of the conversations you've been having around hybrid working and what that could potentially mean. Uh, how do you see the co-working space fitting into the hybrid model that companies are talking about? Oh, well, I mean, since March, um, April of 2020, I've been talking about how this is the greatest thing <laughs> for co-working. Right. I mean, the <laughs> pandemic was horrible. Way too many yeah. people died. It was a tragedy. And it was a really hard thing for us to go through. But if you didn't take this opportunity to rethink everything, you've missed a huge opportunity. And, you know, what's going to happen is people don't want to work too far from home. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go to co-working spaces. They're going to discover the vast majority of co-working spaces are run by operators just like you, Suk. It's people that just, you know, have one to maybe six locations and that's it. It, It's not the WeWorks and the, the IWGs of the world. They're a part of the pie, but the vast bigger part of the pie, it's a bunch of scrappy, badass entrepreneurs 
entrepreneurs <laughs> that are providing these great locations that people go to and they see community. Right. They see productivity. And, you know, we did the research six years ago where, you know, 89% of the people that are in a co working space are happier. Like we're selling happiness. Right. This is the greatest stuff ever. So, co working, and, you know, the New York Times actually supported this this morning is, you know, co-working is doing great. So the commercial real estate industry is confused. They're out there trying to figure it out. Corporations are confused, but these people have now discovered that they have choice and they want out of their houses because their houses still have kids in them. Their house (laughs) is still the place that should be their haven, not their workplace. And they're discovering these places that were built for them to thrive in. And that's where they're going to go. So co-working is having its moment. Right. I'll listen to that. I've got into this at the right time, it sounds like it, Liz. <laughs> I think you actually have fantastic timing. So when are when are you gonna start looking for that second location? <laughs> so it's it's so interesting. We had someone come in for a tour yesterday and they said, Love what you're doing with this space. Do you want to come and open one up where we are in the next town over? And, mm-hmm. was, and you know, he met my community manager and she was like, What do you reckon to that Sook? And I was like, you know what? That I love that that someone's recognizing that there's a need for this in his town in the next town over right i'm not ready i'm not ready for that right now (laughs) (laughs) like let's get this place set up let's establish ourselves here yeah give me a couple of give me like uh, you know another two three days and maybe i'll be ready to open yeah 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 well you know yeah well that's awesome i love it okay so i'm gonna go away from co-working for a moment and go go in deep here so where was where were you living when you were 12 years old Oh, excellent question. Okay, so when I was 12 years old, I was, there's a town, it's also a suburban town, it's a London commuter town, it's called Ilford. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably about 20 miles away from where we are now. Mm -hmm. I grew up there, um, lived there from when I was eight till we were, till I was, what, 28, 29? Oh, wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, like a long time, a long time, 28 years or something like that. It was a really long time. Okay, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to time travel back to 12-year-old Zook, and you get to give him a message. What message are you going to give him about life? (laughs) Oh, my man. That's a good question. What would I go back and say to myself? Mm -hmm. Keep taking those opportunities when they arise. That's what I would say to me. Just keep taking them when they arise. So tell me more about that. Of opportunities. Yeah, so there were were some opportunities that I I, I could have be more assertive in myself about to really pursue and I didn't really give myself the permission or know I could do these things like wanting to go travel the world like my mum got me into the travel habit early so we were uh, you know she would she would take me on holidays because I'm an only child so she would take me on holidays and that would always be cool but there was you know what that does is also it instills this thing around independence and wanting to do things on your own like branch out properly and i didn't get to do that properly till i was like in my early 20s so i think maybe there's something there around okay maybe you could have done some other things look if you were bold enough back then but you know here's the good news is like there's plenty of time you know and it's right? like yeah, you yeah. can still do all the things look at you you opened a co-working space at, at the end of a pandemic <laughs> that's <laughs> know, awesome <right? laughs> that's a bold move my friend and i like it 
thank you. I appreciate that. And it is, you know, what's been interesting is the pe- the few people uh, people who come in and like genuinely been inquiring when they come in for the tours. You know, they've been very validating and very uh, appreciative of the space as well. And that's really like personally for me that gives me the warm fuzzies. Yeah. Like I'm like, you know, just keep telling me that stuff. Like just g- g- give me those good vibes, right? Because I'm all about the good vibes. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite things. We had a very light, bright space with tons of windows. My first space, and people constantly came in and said. I love the energy of this space. And I'm like, right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So how, sure. how long ago were you running your last uh, space? Then? I sold my spaces in 2019. Okay. Yeah. To, to focus full time on Juicy, the co working events, yeah. and do some consulting. And then, you know, got this harebrained idea that I should get a graduate degree in foresight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm busy. Busier than ever, busier than ever, but it's all good. It's all good. Well, so thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on your opening. Thank you Um, so much. We'll look forward to seeing you at Juicy UK this fall. And, you know, I'm there. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. And I love the good vibes. Keep it up. And uh, we'll be following you. Thank you very much. Take care.